Good morning. Wow, it is a treat for me to be here in this pulpit this morning at my home church. I know a lot of you know that I do some pulpit supply, but there's no place I'd rather be than right here. Here at Second Prez with my Easter people. We are, after all, still an Easter people a week after the resurrection. We are always an Easter people. We remain Easter people professing faith in Jesus Christ and believing in the bodily resurrection of the human being, Jesus Christ, from the dead. Hallelujah. He is risen. He is risen indeed. St. Augustine said in an Easter sermon that we are Easter people and that hallelujah is our hymn of praise. What he meant by this in teaching his people what it means to be an Easter people was simply this. Their faith in Jesus crucified and risen must be lived by imitating him in daily life, in the way they spoke, the way they thought, and the way they acted. Anything else was a betrayal of their faith. True then, true today, true always. So how are we speaking, thinking, and acting when it comes to our world and our planet at this time of our Earth Day celebration? This past Friday was the day that is set aside every year to be Earth Day, and the theme this year for Earth Day was to invest in our planet. Here at Second Presbyterian, our consciousness regarding investing in our planet is already raised to a very high level. We are designated an Earth Care congregation within the PCUSA. I wanted to give a little background for what that means for our church because we hear it all the time, but what have we really committed to as an earth care congregation? The Social Justice and Peacemaking Unit of the Presbyterian Church USA, in consultation with congregations and presbyteries across the denomination, developed a resolution to respond to our General Assembly's called to restore the creation. Churches like ours applying to be an earth care congregation must have the Earth Care Pledge affirmed by their session and signed by their session's clerk. An Earth Care congregation is guided by this pledge to care for God's creation, and the pledge that we've agreed to has four tenets, and we've agreed to these, and here they are. Peace and justice is God's plan for all creation. The earth and all creation are God's. God calls us to be careful, humble stewards of this earth and to protect and restore it for its own sake and for the future use and enjoyment of the human family. As God offers all people the special gift of peace through Jesus Christ, and through Jesus Christ reconciles all to God, we are called to deal justly with one another and the earth. Number one is that our worship and discipleship will celebrate God's grace and glory in creation and declare that God calls us to cherish, protect, and restore this earth. Number two says that in our education, we will seek learning and teaching opportunities to know and understand the threats to God's creation and the damage that we've already inflicted on the earth. We will encourage and support each other in finding ways of keeping and healing the creation in response to God's call to earthkeeping, justice, and community. Thirdly, our facilities will be managed, maintained, and upgraded in a manner that respects and cherishes creation human and non-human, while meeting equitably the needs of all people. In our buildings and on our grounds, we will use energy efficiently, conserve resources, and share what we have in abundance so that God's holy creation will be sustainable for all life and future generations. The last 
of the four is that our outreach will encourage public policy and community involvement that protects and restores the vulnerable and degraded earth as well as oppressed and neglected people. We will be mindful that our personal and collective actions can positively or negatively affect our neighborhood, our region, our nation, and our world. We will seek to achieve environmental justice through coalitions and economical part ecumenical partnerships. I would say that as a congregation, we are speaking forthrightly, thinking clearly, and acting responsibly as regards to our commitment to earth care. We are living our faith and not betraying it, as St. Augustine warns. An African proverb says that you must treat the earth well. It is not given to you by your parents, but loaned to you by your children. This is from the country of Kenya, where the people have long had a keen sense of responsibility to care for the earth. The Kenyan name for Mount Kenya, the second highest mountain in Africa, literally means God's resting place. And the people believe that God gave them the earth to care for on behalf of their children. This accords remarkably well with the familiar Bible passage from Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 30. God spoke, let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created human beings. He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. God blessed them. Prosper, reproduce, fill earth, take charge. Pretty clear, concise instructions from God about what he has given us and how we are to care for those gifts. Just as the Earth Care Pledge begins, we are to celebrate God's grace and glory and declare that God calls us to cherish, protect, and restore the earth. So how are we doing with this thing that God has asked us to do? Well, we need to look at that two different ways. This much we know. Humans have been negatively impacting the earth since the first humans became a part of the ecosystem. And yet, we as a society continue to resist the unavoidable truth that we have severely damaged the ecosystem that sustains us. Resource exhaustion, carbon overloading, ocean acidification, pollution, and so much more. The signs are clear, and the science is proven. Our scripture passage today is from Genesis, the sixth chapter, verses 9 through 22, and a little later in Genesis chapter 9, verses 8 through 11. Now, listen for the word of the Lord as it is written in the message translation. It's going to be a little bit different than what's printed in your bulletin, but I think everybody knows the story and can follow along pretty well. This is the word of the Lord. This is the story of Noah, a good man, a man of integrity in his community. Noah walked with God. Noah had three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. As far as God was concerned, the earth had become a sewer. There was violence everywhere. God took one look and saw how bad it was. Everyone corrupt and corrupting, life itself corrupt to the core. God said to Noah, it's all over. It's the end of the human race. The violence is everywhere, and I'm going to make a clean sweep. Build yourself a ship from teak wood. Make rooms in it. Coat it with pitch inside and out. Make it 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. Build a roof on it. Put a window 18 inches from the top. Put a door in the side of the ship and make three decks, lower, middle, and upper. 
I'm going to bring a flood on the earth that will destroy everything alive under heaven. Total destruction. But I am going to establish a covenant with you. You will board the ship. Your sons and your wife and your sons' wives will come on board with you. You are also to take two of each living creature, a male and a female, on board the ship to preserve their lives with you. Two of every species of bird, mammal, and reptile. Two of everything so as to preserve their lives along with yours. Also, get all the food you'll need and store it up for you and them. Noah did everything that God commanded him to do. Later in Genesis in chapter 9, we read, Then God spoke to Noah and his sons. I'm setting up my covenant with you, including your children who will come after you, along with everything alive around you, birds, farm animals, wild animals that came out of the ship with you. I'm setting up my covenant with you that never again will every living thing be destroyed by floodwaters. No, never again will a flood destroy the earth. This is the word of God for the people of God. It is noteworthy here that when God chooses to act on his plan for destruction of the sewer that earth had become, he does not cause a plague or warfare as he does in other Bible chapters, but rather the earth itself has its revenge on humans. Punishment appropriate to the crime, perhaps. This is where God invokes a do-over of sorts. He warns Noah to collect the animals and avoid the climatic climatic disaster that was to come, the disappointment of God in the wickedness of man and what man had become. And so the earth was flooded, wiped out, sacrificed for what the Lord must have known would be a better place. And the enormity of that event and the resulting devastation might even have surpassed what God likely intended. And God promised never again to flood the entirety of the earth. When our God-given do-over began, God created us as thinking individuals, individuals with free will, individuals to control our own destiny as we collaborate for the good of all mankind. Our Earth Day remembrances and celebrations should rejoice in the good that we have done in exercising that free will. Remember that I said we had to look at this question, how are we doing with this cherishing and protecting from two perspectives? New technologies provide cleaner water to drink, create oxygen in our waters. The lifeblood of our aquatic resources is sustained. We, learn to keep, we have learned to keep what belongs on the land on the land and not in the waterways. We protect the God-given natural functions of our wetlands. The necessities of our modern day life, responsibly built roadways and infrastructure, how we dispose of our throwaways and our ability to reuse through recycling, those things that only a few years ago would have ended up in an inadequately built landfill, only to find their way into our environment. New treatment technologies for our wastewater. Think about the fact that in many cases you can drink the effluent from our wastewater plants. We as the human race have come a long way. We've met many challenges that give rise to many reasons to celebrate this Earth Day. Our collective achievements are many. We need to recall though that in promising to never flood the Earth again, The Lord put us in charge and gave us free will and the ability to recognize threats to our environment and to protect, again, to prevent those threats. I feel the need here to offer an illustration of the kind of threat I'm referring to. The previous administration governing our Commonwealth issued what was known as Executive Order 77. 
It was designed to eliminate the use of single-use plastic bags uh, at all state agencies. As an example, the ABC board is eliminating the usual plastic bags that you get at the stores. I'm not saying you're familiar with those bags, but you get them at the ABC <laughs> store. Uh, and they instead were going to issue and then sell reusable bags like grocery stores do. Our current administration recently repealed this executive order. Whether one is a government official or an individual, that person must exhibit leadership and lead on all fronts to a better place. I dare say if Noah was to try to sail his ship today, he couldn't navigate through the plastics in our waterways. In celebrating our successes to manage our planet, to invest in our planet, we need to remember that climate change remains and looms large on our to-do list. The threat of climate change is of our own doing, created by man in the name of what was thought to be progress. And friends, we must collectively find the spirit, the free will to be resilient, to adapt to new ways and habits, to find new sources of energy, and to adapt to renewables like wind and solar, and not to fill in bodies of water to build cities. We need to control growth in harmony with how we live in order to make this planet the place that God intended for us when he made his covenant with Noah to never inundate the world again, when he instead gave us the ability to control our own destiny. Let's celebrate this Earth Day. Let's celebrate the moral obligations that are incumbent upon us as stewards of our bounty. Let's pledge to each other that we will lead on these issues. Let's pledge that we will use the free will that we have been given to control our environmental destiny. Let's ensure that we'll continue to be able to take that walk in the woods, that trip to our favorite pond or stream or beach, to enjoy that mountain hike. There's a song by the country music band Alabama called Pass It On Down, the refrain to which goes like this. So let's leave some blue up above us. Let's leave some green on the ground. It's only ours to borrow. Let's save some for tomorrow. Leave it and pass it on down. Siblings in Christ, fellow Easter people, there should be a great deal of hope and promise in our 2022 Earth Day celebrations. We at Second Pres are leading others as an earth care congregation. We are setting an example. We are taking St. Augustine's message to heart. We are not betraying our faith. In our care for our planet and our investing in our planet, we are following Jesus. Let's continue to lead and set examples and let it be so. Amen. Let us pray using this prayer from St. Basil the Great from the fourth century. O oh God, enlarge us with the sense of fellowship with all living things, even our brothers and sisters, the animals, to whom you have given the earth as their home in common with us. We remember with shame that in the past we have exercised our high dominion with ruthless cruelty, so that the voice of the earth, which should have gone up to you in song, has been a groan of pain. May we realize that they live not for us alone, but for themselves and for you, and that they love the sweetness of life. Amen.